Welcome to the Senior Soup Podcast. Our mission is to provide critical resources to help seniors and their families navigate the complexities of our healthcare system, the aging process, and to advocate for our older adult population. My name is Raquel Meisset. And I am Ryan Miner. The soup of the day is senior healthcare advocacy. The spotlight is on our special guest, Andrea Bendig, the owner and founder of Wellness Strategies Group. Welcome, Andrea, and Happy New Year. We are so glad you could join us as our first guest of 2023. Thank you for having me. First guest. (laughs) We're kicking it off great this year. That's exciting. I think that the Senior Soup podcast is a wonderful resource, so I'm really happy to be here. Great. Well, we're kicking 2023 off with some healthcare advocacy, which is very important and I think can probably connect with a lot of people when they're starting their new year fresh and wanting to be as healthy as possible. So I'm excited to get to know a little bit about more of what you do. So can you share with the Senior Soup audience a little bit about your background, what you're an expert in, the population you serve, how older adults can benefit from your services, and where can they get your services? I am a master's prepared registered nurse with 30 years of nursing experience. I'm also a certified case manager and delegating nurse for those in assisted living and home settings, and I am a certified dementia practitioner. So in my personal and professional life, I noticed a gap in our healthcare system where patients were lost navigating their care and they lacked education about their own health. So I left a director of nursing position with a mission to bridge this healthcare gap and founded Wellness Strategies Group. My area of expertise is in geriatric and dementia care solutions. Aging requires specialized care and older adults can benefit from my services by having a dedicated clinician helping them achieve optimal health and wellness and making sure that they have the right care in place. Clients think of me as their private nurse consultant and advocate or a liaison between them and our complex healthcare system. You can receive my services in person and it is available in Howard County, Maryland and surrounding areas of Baltimore, Carroll and Montgomery counties. I call her the Maryland healthcare advocate. I think we just we just gave her that official title. That's right. Thank you. (laughs) So I have a scenario. My grandmother lives in Florida and we are so thankful she lives with my parents. I'm originally from Florida, so I have a lot of family down there in Orlando. But let's flip the scenario a little bit and say she lives here in Maryland and I go out of town with my family. She is in and out of the hospital and that is our current reality right now. But if she doesn't have someone to be with and I'm worried about her and I'm going to be gone for a few weeks, woohoo. And she says she's totally fine. And although she is very independent, she's 95. What would a scenario like that look like? How could you come in and help and check in on her? That does happen often where family members live away from their loved one. And so I would go into the home. I would do a comprehensive nursing assessment. So clinical, I check vital signs. I listen to lungs. They're coming out of the hospital. I would review their hospital discharge instructions, review their medication list, and make sure that they are clear in what they should be doing. And if they're not, then I would develop a plan to get them back on track. Because I deal with a lot of these situations with families since I own a home care company too. And what I'm already getting from Andrea that I love is you're so personable. So you can go in there and make it feel like it's a friend coming in to check in on you. Instead of it being so formal, reality is there's a lot of pushback. Andrea, to follow up on a similar style of questioning, my grandmother, she's lived in the same home in Hagerstown, Maryland since 1951. My granddad got out of the war. They got married. They bought a house 
on Glenside Avenue, and it's been this beautiful Victorian home. They bought it from my grandmother's uncle for $12,500. Can you wow. imagine? Oh. Their house was paid off wow. in the 60s. Imagine, That's amazing. Imagine that. But now that my grandfather has passed, he passed in December of 2020, my grandmother is experiencing cognitive decline. She was first diagnosed with Alzheimer's back in 2010, and the condition has progressively gotten worse. She stays many times with my mother and my step-grandmother. We have a great family support network. Let's just say if she didn't have a support network and she was still living at the home and maybe she had minimal check-ins, I wouldn't think that that house by herself would be appropriate. And maybe a senior living community or memory care would be more appropriate. We don't know how to navigate this. What would we do? How could we rely on you to help our family make those critical decisions about my grandmother's future well-being and safety and her living situation? So I would go in to your grandmother's home I would get to know her, and with my comprehensive assessments, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at the home environment for safety risks. Is it appropriate for someone who may have a cognitive impairment? I'm looking at her medical conditions, her medication. Is she able to take care of herself? And so we also assess what's called level of functioning. What is her ability to manage her own medication? What is her ability to bathe and dress herself? If I thought that it was not appropriate, I would develop a plan which would have a step-by-step process and what would need to be done in order to make this a safe environment for her to remain there. Or maybe it's not appropriate. Maybe the home, it was paid off in the 60s, which is wonderful. Mm. Maybe, you know, there's not a bathroom on the first floor. It might not be appropriate for somebody that could have a change in their cognition or a change in their physical condition. For some families that have a lot of questions about the process, and Raquel and I see this so often, they really are unsure where to begin and we try to inspire confidence by talking with them and then referring resources and that's what this podcast is all about exactly what it's about and you know you don't know what you don't know especially when you haven't been through it before it's very overwhelming and every scenario can be different than the other i actually wanted to talk about this because ryan did share with me that his grandma joyce was in the hospital last week so sorry ryan just this past saturday she was admitted to williamsport retirement village for rehab. But this is something that happens, I hear a lot from families, and I try and help work through this with them. What if Ryan couldn't get a clear status on Grandma Joyce's condition at the rehab facility or any information about when it's safe for her to come home? How could you help here? Because I don't think it's necessarily the facility's fault. I just think there's so much going on and they're so overwhelmed and so busy and the family just wants one direct answer and sometimes they can't get it. So how could you come in and help in a scenario like that? I would visit Ryan's grandmother at the facility. I would do my own bedside assessment. I can learn a lot from that just looking at the environment to see what kind of care is being given. I also typically coordinate ahead of time before I visit and get the latest physical therapy notes, occupation therapy notes, medication list, the most recent nursing notes, as well as the admission diagnosis. So I can have a really clear idea of what uh, the current status is and if there's progress being made. I will talk with the doctors, the nurses, the social workers, and the discharge planners there just to make sure that everyone is on the same page and we have a clear understanding of what is the next step for Ryan's grandmother. Then I'm able to relay that information to Ryan's family in a way that they can clearly understand 
understand it and they're able to be better prepared and looking at the next step if that is going to be discharge home or a longer stay at rehab. In our combined experience, I know working with Raquel at Amato Senior Care, we often find families that are unsure about the process. We typically get the most questions around what happens next. Who do I talk to? How often should I expect communication? Who inside the facility should we communicate with? Who's going to be relaying this important information? I think basic questions you can't take for granted, such as when will mom or dad or spouse or aunt, uncle, friend, when will they be discharged? How long are they supposed to be here? What happens during that process? These are good questions that I know that you could come in and explain this thoroughly and then intercept information and communicate that directly because people really do struggle sometimes with process. Right, Raquel? You're essentially bridging this gap. And that's what we've all spoken about. You know, that's what's missing out here. So I love that you're coming in, you're connecting all the dots while serving as their advocate, their biggest advocate. You're going in there and you're getting it done. Until I met you and understood your services, I always had this question in the back of my mind. Raquel and I talked about this. Who's the person that could help tie all the pieces together for families? Who has the medical background? Who has the experience to understand medication list? Raquel and I, we're not clinical. We're not going to give any information that we may not be fully educated to give. And we don't want to give the wrong information. In Raquel's words, you bridge the gap in the healthcare continuum. Andrea, let's say, for example, that a family member I am supporting has a mental health diagnosis, but I am not sure if they're taking medication as prescribed by their doctor. Maybe it's an noble care provider that comes in and we do behavioral health integration. Still, I'm just not quite sure what they're doing daily. Could you coordinate a check on my family member to ensure that they are taking the proper medication and the correct dosage for their diagnosis? Yes, I have experience working with clients who have a mental health diagnosis. So I would go into the home, I would do a medication review, I would help them make sure that their medication set up in a way that works for them, because not everybody can work out of a Sunday through Saturday pill box. For some people, I actually fill their medication boxes. And then I do routine check ins to assess their mental health. Does it look like they still are compliant with taking their medication? If not, if they get off track, sometimes I coordinate care with their psychiatrist and develop a plan to get them on track and make sure that they're taking medication as prescribed. Uh, This is an amazing service. There's so many people that have similar family situations or a friend in need and they don't know where to turn to or they just don't understand the medication that they're taking. What about home care? As you know, I own Amada Senior Care, so we provide home care services. Sometimes the hardest part is sitting down with the client and the families and finding out that the client will not go see a doctor refuses to. It's a burden on the family. It's a burden on the client. They just don't know it. How could you come in and help support these families and the client to ensure they're getting the appropriate medical care? I actually just had a situation like this. Oh, tell us. Tell us. (laughs) I had a phone call from a, a daughter and her dad was living independently And she really was concerned about his overall health, and he doesn't really believe in healthcare. So he didn't want to go see a doctor. I went and did his assessment, and just by looking around his home, I could tell that he had a box full of prescriptions 
when I looked at them, they had expired in 2019. Oh, wow. And so when I did my complete assessment, his blood pressure was very high. And, you know, you could tell he's lost weight. He wasn't able to navigate his kitchen navigate what's in the refrigerator and family was really stepping in and helping him by preparing meals and things like that but I actually ended up referring him to a noble care because he wasn't someone who would be able to or wouldn't want to go to a doctor outside of his home but he was receptive to having someone come to him. So with that, I was able to talk with a nurse practitioner at a noble care ahead of time so we could talk about his situation and develop a plan that would help him be able to age in place in a safe way. What I love about our podcast is we talk frequently about how to properly connect the dots in the continuum. What we all described here at this table today is part of the continuum. That's so important. That is one of the key messages that we are focused on at the Senior Soup where Cal and I always are finding the resources that come in and bridge the gaps inside of the missing pieces in the continuum of care. It's a phrase that's tossed around often. It's really about resources. There are a lot of fantastic doctors out there. There are fantastic nurses out there. There are fantastic home care companies out there. There are a lot of fantastic services, but connecting them together is where we are missing. And I love that you and a lot of us are coming together to bridge the gap to make it better for our future. And thanks for entrusting a noble care. Oh, you're welcome. It's great. Appreciate that. I'm going to speak directly to my own family. My mom's dad passed away in December of 2020 at age 95. His wife, my grandmother, my mother's mother, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2010. And for many years, Andrea, at least until my grandmother's condition worsened, my late grandfather was my grandmother's primary caregiver. He was still very healthy until some of his final months of until he passed. In 2019, I recall, my grandmother, Maureen, her Alzheimer's it worsened. We noticed a pretty precipitous change in her condition. We noticed a change in her behavior. She was agitated, a few other symptoms. We weren't really sure how to handle it, what the process was, other than to take her to her neurologist, keep asking questions. How would you be able to help us navigate that? How could you help other families navigate a change in someone's Alzheimer's or dementia condition and help them understand that behavior? I am a certified dementia practitioner and have many years of experience working with dementia patients. I would have completed an assessment and developed a plan to find the cause of your grandmother's agitation. Then I will share strategies with the family members on how to deal with that agitation. But before I even get to that, what's really important is to figure out why she agitated. A lot of times it is because there's an underlying medical condition and not so much just a progression of Alzheimer's or dementia. And I'm a big advocate for that. When I see a changing behavior, especially for a client who has a diagnosis of dementia, I'm first doing a medical assessment because I want to make sure we're not missing something like a urinary tract infection Mm. that's causing this. Because how unfair would that be for us to not realize someone has an infection and just consider, oh, they have dementia. That doesn't do the client any good. It's really a disservice. If we ruled out an underlying medical 
problem and we determined that this was agitation, I really look for patterns as to what's causing this. Was command put on that person right before that? So we can figure out what it is and prevent it from happening again. And then I also teach the family members how to respond to that. There are certain techniques that you want to use when someone's agitated. When everyone in the family is aware of what those techniques are and what works, it's best for the client. Y'all ever heard of Tipa Snow? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Tipa Snow is world-renowned dementia educator. And she teaches people techniques about how to interact with people with Alzheimer's and dementia. She's fantastic. She's very lively. She's very hands-on. And she does... I took a course of hers in 2019 at one of the senior living communities in Montgomery County, and she is fantastic. And I recommend anybody find her on the web and check her out if you're interested in learning a little bit more about dementia techniques. And Andrew, I don't know if you've ever met her, but she's really fascinating. I haven't met her in person, but we've had some interactions online. Um, Yeah, she's amazing. I hope everyone hits the rewind button a little bit here because for me personally i know that that is the most common issue that i come across in families is how to respond how to work through strategies on dealing with their loved ones who are not being themselves you and i should definitely talk more (laughs) off here because i think you could help so many people out there that would benefit from this it is really hard. hard it is hard and people are just lost and confused and don't know what to do. And sometimes their response to increased agitation actually makes it worse. And there's only so much you can Google, you guys. So um, (laughs) sometimes you just have to speak to an expert. I kind of want to get in a little bit of legal talk. Uh Because, (laughs) Uh yeah, while we were getting set up here, we all found that we have a lovely friend in common, our girl. A friend of the pod. Yeah, a friend of the pod, Sarah Broder who we had on our Senior Soup podcast last year. We love Sarah. She works for Stein Sperling in Rockville, and her focus is on estate planning, trusts, and probate. So let's say that Sarah's providing legal guidance for a client with no family nearby. And let's say Sarah's client worries that he doesn't have anyone to list as a healthcare agent in his estate planning, which a lot of people, I bet, don't even know is a thing. So how would you help someone who doesn't have any family and who has no one to list as their healthcare agent? I can act as their healthcare agent. In order to do that, I usually have a complete assessment with them because I really want to get to know them. I want to learn what their wishes are so that I can be a strong healthcare agent for them and advocate and make sure that their wishes are followed through. Okay. It is that time where I admit something to Uh you, Andrea, Raquel, you guys might already know this. I mean, if it's not already obvious, Mm -hmm. but I have (laughs) a little something called high blood pressure, even at the age of 37, and it's something that is genetic in my family. I I take a medication that does increase blood pressure. I don't want anything to happen to me, and I promised my wife I'd make it to at least 40. I did. You're laughing, but I I promised (laughs) Kim that I would make it to 40. Plus, who would ever co-host the Senior Soup with Raquel if I kicked it? It'd be so boring. There's no way. I mean, I know. You might have to put an ad out. (laughs) Andrea, I would need someone to guide and support me towards living a healthier lifestyle in 2023, or at least find the right medication and get that under control, in addition to seeing my primary care provider. Is that something you could help me with, other clients with, putting together wellness plans for them to get on the shape to good health? Yes, I do offer health coaching for disease management. 
And Ryan, obviously, all of us want you to be around for a long time. That's right. So in your case, I would review your medication. I would check your blood pressure. I would also make sure that you're monitoring your own blood pressure at home, making sure that your device is accurate, because I use the old-fashioned Spigmo manometer um, when I check blood pressures. And you'd be surprised how many people don't sit in the right position or use the right size cuff to check their blood pressure at home. And it actually gives them a false high reading. Now it's the new year. and Raquel and I, we're going to go running once or twice or three times a week, right? I didn't say Ah. that. No, you didn't say that. (laughs) Listen, in the Army, I had enough running for a lifetime. I'll walk fast. You'll walk fast. We'll, we'll walk to Starbucks and yeah, back. Yeah, start to Starbucks, that more caffeine, coffee. <laughs> maybe caffeine might not be the best for the blood pressure. I need to get better about drinking water. More water. I don't, I don't you drink don't drink? En- I don't drink enough water. She showed us up this morning. Andrea came in, and here I am. I'm drinking coffee. Raquel's drinking coffee. But I know. She shows up with a big thing of water. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is I, our girl. I do drink enough water, but still enough is probably not always enough i do carry a jug around with me that's good i think i've seen that jug in your car before (laughs) you you have yeah it's listen we're on the road a lot so i have to drink and hydrate yeah hydrate andrea we learned quite a bit today about your services and how you support our older adult community which we love you are really bridging the gap in healthcare. to me that is monumental Before we leave, I'm going to have you give a few takeaways, if you don't mind, three takeaways for them to take from this podcast today. So I would want them to know that they don't need to feel lost navigating this complex healthcare system, and it's okay to ask for help. If they do need help and they have any medical diagnosis, you really should seek out someone who has a medical degree to be your consultant or advocate. And lastly, you deserve the best care for yourself, so make sure that you get it. That's great. I love it. Easy to understand. And you do virtual appointments too, correct? I do, Okay. What's the website? The website is wellnessstrategiesgroup.com. And they can sign up for information and read about your services to better understand what you offer and they can contact you and reach out and you're always available. I am. I don't have standard office hours, so a lot of my clients consider me their private on-call triage nurse. And you can even go to the hospital, right? I can, absolutely. Yeah. She can do it all. She does it all. You women <laughs> are controlling the world. Uh-huh. It's true. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. New episodes of the Senior Soup Podcast are released Mondays at 9 a.m. That is right, Raquel. Raquel can listen to the Senior Soup Podcast. What's the jingle? I forget. The Senior Soup I still think we have to patent that. Raquel Andrea makes her kids listen to the senior suit, but she says that they like it. They love it. I promise you. Okay. That's great. They're always like, can't hear, turn it up. Another thing to educate on is where to find our podcast, and that is on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. If you tell Alexa to play the senior suit and you say, Alexa, play the senior suit on Amazon Music, Raquel's lovely voice, as you already heard, will be featured. The latest episode will be featured. We're also on TuneIn Radio and all the major podcast directories. We're growing. We had a lot of good feedback on our Sunrise Senior Living podcast with Tom Barry. Yeah, and I'm excited. We've got a great lineup this year. We did some planning. We're going to bring on some really helpful guests to help people better navigate our older adult continuum of care and provide those resources. Yeah. If there are any topics you guys out there want to listen to, you can email us at contact at theseniorsoup.com. We'd love to have you on if you think that you could contribute some really useful knowledge to our local community. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Oh,
I'm the one. 